1: wherever you get your podcast thanks for listening
0: ES audio
2: From the Evening Standard in London I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show How to be a CEO An opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands This is a cut down version of the full episode To hear the full thing hit the link in the show notes Find a new episode of How To Be A CEO every Monday morning, and why not give it a rate and
0: follow whilst you're there. Now, let's begin.
3: Isn't life
2: stressful enough? Who would want to work in the field of stress? I had to work all the way through university. My dad was a barber. One of the jobs I had when I was doing, funny enough, my MBA was I was a social worker for the city of Los Angeles, and I saw deprivation like you'd never seen in the black community in Watts that... I just felt I had to do something later.
3: This is an invitation to meet Professor Sir Carrie Cooper, founding director of the workplace well-being specialist Robertson Cooper and, to give him his full title, 50th anniversary professor of organisational psychology and health at Manchester University. Basically, he helps people and companies develop better
2: workplaces. I thought I was going to be a tax lawyer, would you believe? It affected me the rest of my life. So I just couldn't go and do things like become a tax lawyer and earn lots of money, but not really help anybody. So this
3: is a story about what drives people to make things better and why you should do it in your
2: workplace too. So I I guess it must be that, that I have to do something that's valuable. And that's how I moved into what, what they call organizational psychology.
3: I'm David Wilson from the Evening Standard. Carrie is going to be appearing at our water cooler event talking about some of the things you'll hear in this podcast. It's being held at the Olympia London on May 25th and 26th and will feature more than 100 experts like Carrie talking about how to improve the health and mental health of employees across the UK and beyond. Tickets are free. Go to watercolorevent.com to book a place and have a look at what else is going on. Looking after the mental health of staff is a relatively new priority for some companies. And when I met Carrie, I wanted to know if a man who now has a knighthood for his work was always taken seriously.
2: No, it wasn't. In earlier days when I was working in it, a lot of organizations were looking at stress at work when we're looking at stress in the workplace. And a lot of the organizations were doing it to protect themselves because they were being litigated against by employees for stress at work for creating it. And they were trying to protect themselves by doing um, employee assistant programs, which are counseling services, doing something on the edge, provide a counseling or do something to protect themselves legally. Now they're doing it for the right reasons. They really are. Uh, HR uh, and occupational health have been fantastic over the last 15 years, 15, 20 years. Brilliant. Uh, and they really are. They really care. Uh, HR is no longer just about pay and rations. It's about how do we get good work, good quality of working life. They really care about it. And the people who go into it care about it. And so do the occupational health physicians, nurses, and all of them the we're in a good place and we we're one of the leaders in the world we really are a leader we're certainly one of the leaders in europe how do we create the right kind of culture no matter how big your organization is whether it's public private sector or third sector many companies have middle size and big and public sector now have directors of health and well-being who report either to the whoever the managing director chief executive it is or to an HR director if it's the bigger organizations. And that's become big and it's now more strategic. And it is not like, you know, beanbags and t- ping pong tables and mindfulness at lunch. I don't mind a ping pong table, Carrie. <laughs> to be honest with you, I quite enjoy mindfulness and I quite like sushi at my desk. But to be honest with you, that's not what it's about, actually. And, and what it's about now is. Getting employee voice, no matter how big the organization is, do we have the right kind of line managers? Do we have people who have good EQ, emotional intelligence?
3: Let's take a break. Afterwards, we're going to be talking more about the four day week and how companies can develop effective strategies to help their employees. If you think other people could benefit from this podcast, give us a rating and review, and your podcast provider will take that as a signal that it's a show worth hearing and suggest it to listeners like you. Do it over the ads, and I'll see you again in a minute.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
1: wherever you get your podcast, Thanks for listening.
3: What's harder to change the culture of a massive multinational corporation with maybe thousands of people all over the world, or within your own small company with just a handful of people where you maybe have to give up a little bit of the, the control
2: that you've always had? Yeah, I think, I mean, they have different issues. So take an SME, small, medium-sized enterprise, 20, 30 people there. Entrepreneur starts it. Entrepreneur continue, owner-manager continues to manage it. The problems there are that frequently, one of the stress problems there is those kind of entrepreneurs don't want to let go. They've always worked long hours. It's their baby. And really, they have to let go and they have to delegate as they grow, right? Right. The good news about SMEs is that they do value every employee probably a lot more than the big boys do in the sense that everybody matters, right? Well, even now, though, even the big boys, there's not much fat. I mean, they're keeping their labor costs really down now. And you can see what's going on. There's a downsizing. It took place from the recession, and it's still going on to make sure that you have your your mean and lean. And, and to be competitive, particularly internationally, particularly as a consequence of Brexit. Small companies tend to be better at retaining staff and valuing them. But, the, top, but the, the managers in those, the owner managers, really have to start letting go and for their own health and well-being.
3: Well, yeah, that's a good point, actually, because we talk a lot about the staff of companies and the importance of improving their well-being if you're running an sme you're probably at least in the first stages every week worried it's going to shut down that must it must be incredibly important no matter how busy you are to make sure you
2: take time to unwind oh absolutely Uh, that that's a problem no matter what sector you're in no matter whether it's private smes public sector when you're responsible for other human beings it is a big issue Many of those people are technically get to their role because they're technically competent as marketing people or ops management people or finance people or God knows what, right? But they don't necessarily naturally have the people skills. And that is a big problem because if you don't have them, you create more problems yourself by not having them with the people that report to you and therefore it causes you stress if you've had good people skills, then you'll also know when you're not coping. <laughs> you'll know the signs yourself because you're much more socially sensitive. You have good empathy. You have good uh, EQ. Let's say a company wants to improve the well-being of its staff. What's the first thing? What's the one thing they should do to start with? Okay. Find out what the employees think about your organization. Their well-being audits. Lots of organizations now do them. In other words, you do anonymously ask your employees what they think about all aspects of their job. What do you think about the way you're managed? What do you think about the communication system in your organization? What do you th- Can you work flexibly or not work flexibly? These are very sophisticated psychometrics that organizations now use. And then you break all the data down and you find out in that part of the business, the problem is that women feel that their careers are blocked there's a glass ceiling. And that part of the business is a long hours culture. And that part, there's a bullying management style, right? You need the employees to tell you what the issue is. And we have the sophisticated techniques of doing this and we can identify what's wrong, where, and then develop a strategy to deal with that problem. And then you start building a strategy and you say, well, look at, we got a problem with women here they feel their careers are blocked. We have another problem is that we're not allowing people to work as flexibly as they would like. And so this is becoming a much more strategic issue by senior leadership teams in medium to large organizations are doing that now. Otherwise, they will lose the next generation because the Z generation and the young millennials are not prepared to tolerate what their parents tolerated. Unlike their parents who would say, oh, well, I got a mortgage to pay. I I'm, I'm I'm just going to stay here. They're not doing it. You want to retain and attract the new generation, the Z and young millennials, you'll never do it unless you have the right culture. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
3: An invitation to meet Professor Sir Carrie Cooper. If you'd like to hear more from him, then head over to thewaterkillerevent.com and get those free tickets. We'll be back next Monday morning. I really hope you can join us again. Hit your follow or subscribe button and drop in whenever's best for you this has been an invitation to meet. It's always a pleasure to meet you.